Just to be clear, this not everything is my fault. The record button has been hit. Whoa. I'm in. I'm in. We did it. Okay. Did it take too long? I was like, that's pretty. That's pretty good though. We did pretty good this time. Yeah, we're we're gonna get faster and faster. I sure hope so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my game of Monopoly <laughs> and then we can get started. <laughs> okay, so I know that for a while, a while ago, Alex, you went on a um, I don't want to say a Monopoly bender, yeah. but a. Uh, <laughs> A bender <laughs> kind is of a, a strong word, word but yes. a, a period of monopoly obsession has this resurfaced. It's not resurfaced. I was playing uh, Hold Down on my phone, and I—I I mean, I don't like Hold Down, but I keep playing it. So clearly, there's something about it that's attractive to me. Okay, hold on, and hold on. So for those monopoly plebs in the house, like myself, is that a—is that a form of monopoly? Is that a, like a mode? Hold Down. Yeah. No, Hold Down is a separate game entirely. Okay, I've not heard yeah. of this. All right, Hold Down is a separate game entirely uh, that is available on iOS and Android, probably. Wow. Um, but I was playing Hold Down, and it's whatever. And but I needed to stop playing it, and I had the Monopoly app still on my phone from like six years ago. So I picked up the Monopoly app again, and it kind of drew me in the way Mini Metro drew me in the first time I played Mini Metro. Mini sure. Metro being another phone game, so I'm I'm kind of calibrating what phone games I'm interested in playing right now. Hmm. Hi, Hacy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um... <laughs> I was turning my phone on Do Not Disturb and in the process disturbed. Um, <laughs> that's good, though, because we're going to need iOS recommendations because Tony and I both just ordered the uh, iPhone. Following the big computer Max. show. Yeah. The t- the, wait, wait, the what? The te- what? <laughs> the, the iPhone 10 Big 10S Max. Yeah. Is there, there's a new X already? The, the XS Max. Yeah. Oh, hell. Yeah. It's it's very large. They're I think they're trying to just make one machine instead of having iPads and iPhones. Like in five years, that's where they're going to be at because they just keep the phones keep getting bigger. It just keeps happening. X S Max. See, I would believe that whole replacing the iPad thing if the iPads were getting smaller. Yeah. But unfortunately, they threw out their mini iPad entirely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm super. I'm still Never super into the large iPad, so I don't. I don't. No, think me a, too. I have the 12.9 yeah. inch. Yeah, I don't think a phone screen like nothing that can fit in my pocket will ever replace my iPad. No, absolutely not. I'm just waiting for the day I can use my Apple Pencil on a phone. That that's what I need to happen. But I can give you a yes. Also, Apple Pencil on the phone. But I, I'm just gonna give a quick like machine gun. Not a lot of just a, like a bunch of phone games that I have. Uh, that I can play, that I've been playing. Okay. Uh, and that, <clears throat> and that includes Hold Down, Monopoly, Flow, uh, the free version, uh, Desert Golfing, Mini, Metro, mm-hmm. and that's it, it looks like. Okay. Those are the primary ones that okay. I've been, okay. like, jumping back and forth of. And I think, mm, like, half of these were recommendations from Tony. <laughs> I play little to no iOS games um, because I am trying to read more, and since I read ebooks, I, when I take out my phone, I tend to go towards ebooks instead That's of where games. You go, yeah. um, but I have three games on the front page of my games folder, mm-hmm. um, and about ten pages after that. But uh, Scalac or Scalac or something like that. Scalac. S C A L A K. 
Um, Hexalogic and okay. Hearthstone are my are my three on my front. Oh, Hearthstone's on the phone. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've only heard of Hearthstone, and I actually did download Hearthstone on my iPad and start playing it a little bit, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's cool. It's, I, yeah. I yeah, only yeah, played I mean, like 20 minutes. It's not earth-shatteringly good, but it's it's fun. It sure is popular, though. Holy crap. Yeah. See, I'm trying um, to think of any <laughs> games I play on my phone. Um, I'm just looking through it now. I definitely don't play a lot. Desert Golfing, Yes. Mini Metro, Mini Metro, I usually play on my iPad because uh, pro strats playing Mini Metro on the huge iPad with the Apple Pencil is very satisfying for some reason. With the pencil, to try that. yeah, yeah, for reasons I can't explain, I find that very satisfying. <laughs> um, also, Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, which nice. I will sometimes play on my phone, but that is mostly also played on the big boy iPad. Um, <laughs> Flow, I've played a little bit. My sister's really into Flow. That's why I know right. about it. And, yep. like, it's... I, I think it's a really good game. Uh, doesn't really draw me in, though. A couple of games... I actually have a couple of games downloaded from um, from App Store Stories. You know, those like, yeah, yeah. article things they post. Uh, which I don't look at often, but a couple of times I've downloaded games. One is called Dot Project with hmm. p-r-o-g-e-k-t oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i have that too mm-hmm. yeah that's that's an uh, you know a lot of these ios games i play them and i'm like oh this is interesting like i find this right. an interesting concept for a game but that's not always the same thing as oh this is a really fun game i want to play all the time so it's rare that i get that overlap so like i have project and also Shadowmatic, which is the same idea it just looks prettier um, but it's the same as project. So yeah, we'll, we'll have all these in the show notes and then I, I scroll back and then there's other pages of things that I'm, that I'm done with. Yeah. I find, I, I find that I also think, think the same way about the games. I, it's really interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean I want to play it. I actually find that the games that I do keep playing over and over and over again are usually not interesting games like they're usually games that have been done a million times before but they're just really simple and i don't have to think about it and it's just it's good for a commute like like the number one game in that category for me is riddle stones um it's it's a really just dumb game that is it makes you think barely but it but it's fun you've mentioned riddle stones on the show before and i haven't uh, looked it up, but I'm going to look it up right now because I like the games like you said that aren't necessarily original. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't have to be a requirement for a good phone game. It just has to be something for me that I can pick up and play and immediately put down again. Yeah, um, and same. preferably pre- and preferably something that isn't addictive for a long mm. period of time. Uh, like that's been my problem with Hold Down. A single round of hold down, like if I get, if I'm going well, can take me like 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes, like depending on how well I'm doing. And that's not good. That's a bad thing <laughs> for the game on my phone. Yeah. Sorry. Are you saying hold down or hoe down? So I'm not saying 
either of the, oh so yeah, what is it, it? it's whole whole oh down. okay because i'm trying to look yeah. this up now and i wasn't finding it and that would explain I've why i it into the show notes oh wow <laughs> wow h-o-l-e down i see it okay i'm gonna have yeah. to check it, that out it's a cute game highly recommends playing with sound on the first time i almost never play with the sound on just the first time ever. that's why I, I, I was i was ready for that like it's hard <laughs> to play phone games with your sound on a lot yeah okay i'll i'll, I'll check it out put that in the follow-up I'll, I'll ask me next time how i like it i will i, I will definitely do that <laughs> you know if we're talking about ios games i do have some that i haven't mentioned yet that are um i don't play them currently because i finished them but are certainly some of my favorites um if you look on the store for artificial super intelligence yep. or ASI, I have that one. It's a, it's a game made by the same developer that makes the carrot weather app, which is the best weather app. Um, download, download it today. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> uh, but yeah, artificial super intelligence is a game, uh, sort of a choose your own adventure game based on, based on one of the characters from the weather app uh <laughs> and uh, it's it's very entertaining i i, I don't want to say too much about it other than it's very entertaining and uh everyone should give it a try yeah i also have um the witness on my phone yeah i do have the witness on my phone and i don't I was, enjoy it as much though <laughs> no not at all <laughs> i was playing it more but honestly the thing that drew me back from playing it is that it, it's a good port as good of a port of that game can be on a phone mm-hmm. but it's not a great phone game in its design like i really want to see it on a bigger screen yeah it makes the game easier the movement controls i mean they d- again they did as best as they possibly could porting yeah like console controller move movement controls into this game and for a touch surface like what they did was really clever and really interesting but it's just way less convenient um and it's way less comfortable and finally uh it is a surprisingly graphically intensive game it murders your battery yeah like (laughs) that's something i've noticed while playing it like you know if i'm going to be playing this game uh it's going to be like you know it's I, i i think about it in a different way like i think about it the way i'll think about say loading up a game on my switch and playing for a certain amount of time like you know how you think about battery differently yep on these different devices like and when i open this game it's like all right now i'm in game mode battery like (laughs) i i only have like 20 or 30 minutes of this right and that's why i haven't been playing the witness specifically on my phone i think when i downloaded it i may have gotten a few lasers and you know maybe like gotten 20 percent through the game but it's 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 a less successful phone game. It's not a great port. I agree. I think they did the best they could, but it is not a game designed for the phone. No. Which is why I kind of like Flow. Not that it's the same kind of puzzle as a witness. Like it really only aesthetically is similar. But Flow is just the puzzles, and you can play it for as long as little as you want. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a good comment about a phone game where you can do. M- if a puzzle takes you something like 15 second, fifteen to 60 seconds, then you can do it, and it has a whole bunch of them, that's a really great structure where I can pick it up for literally five minutes or 30 minutes. Yeah, definitely. 
couple more I want to add to my favorites list. Uh, Flip Flop Solitaire and Really Bad Chess are two <laughs> apps. Chess. I've heard two of apps really bad by Chess, yeah. Yeah, the two apps by the same developer, Zach Gage. Uh, mm-hmm. Really interesting takes on um, on these classic games. Uh, they they work really well on the phone and on the interface, and also they're mechanically just a little bit different. They're different enough to make them more interesting in a way that you know I I wouldn't download a regular solitaire app or a regular chess app, but I do open these apps from time to time. I really just like the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So to finish the original question, I'm not back on a Monopoly kick, but it did satisfy <laughs> it did satisfy my desire for like it, it takes about maybe 30 to 40 minutes to finish a single player game of Monopoly against three computers on this app, which is a nice amount of time, and I just enjoy it. I enjoy the playing the odds and the strategy, trying to make the trades. I mean, there is an amount of strategy to the app uh, that's not so much that I'm invested, except it is more than I should be putting into uh, (laughs) at the moment. Oh, if I can just add one more uh, for all you Apple Watch owners out there. Uh, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's this game called Lifeline, which... Now, I don't know if you've tried this, Dan. I haven't, no. it's, It's a text adventure... Sort of like artificial superintelligence, where you choose responses that forward the story along. But what this game came out a while ago, and there are several sequels to it, but what's kind of unique about it is that you can play it on your watch. It's actually hmm. one of the few games that you can play on the Apple Watch, because it's it's just a text adventure, and it presents you with binary choices, and then you keep making the choices to progress. It is a linear story. It definitely has well, it has multiple endings, but like it comes to an end. So when I finished it, I never really opened it again. But mm-hmm. for people who do have a watch and are looking for more things to do with it, maybe give that a try. It was fun for a while. Cool. Can I come back now? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 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 just I'm just looking up the most recent announcements from Nintendo. Speaking of oh, uh, mobile oh god! Out. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna peace out, guys. Everyone else is gonna it's, check it's been out. real. Yeah, it's a good podcast while it lasted. Welcome to my show, everyone. <laughs> I wasn't even spoilers. Done. Not a fan. <laughs> well, hold on. Don't even. You were the one that said put it on the show notes. Oh yeah, because I wanted me. I wanted to talk about it. So what did you want to talk about? And. I guess it's not a good thing. Is that the impression oh I'm God. getting? I just I didn't really see anything I cared about. Um, I'm tra- I'm drawing a blank. I should have took taken notes while I was watching yep. it, but I mean, or looked it up while Tony was talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing that did stick with me, which I thought was unreasonably funny, and I probably shouldn't have found it this funny, but um, Luigi's Mansion or Luigi Luigi's Haunted Mansion Three working yep. title. Oh, was it working title? Yep. Um, so that was interesting. Um, there was what else? What else happened at Nintendo Direct? I'm gonna pull up some. So summary. the biggest announcement is probably a new Animal Crossing game. Oh yeah, from like Nintendo. That's kind of why I wanted to talk to you about it because I know you like Animal Crossing. 
Yeah, actually, I don't I don't remember if I talked about this on the last episode, but I started playing the original Animal Crossing maybe two months ago. I have since not picked it up, but I enjoyed the month of gameplay that it uh, kept me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a and it, it's just a and it's just a fun kind of uh, simulator series. It's much more gamified than an actual simulator, mm-hmm. and it has. Always this surprisingly large audience because unless you're unless you're looking directly at it, you don't actually see how popular Animal Crossing is because no one's really talking about it unless you're invested in the culture that does surround <laughs> Animal Crossing, the phone the phone game with the app, uh, the 3DS uh, game that was around for a while. And this, and it was just a matter of time before it came out on the Switch. Yeah. I have no idea how popular it will actually be, but I know it is a big deal. Yeah, I read it like was all over itself with Animal Crossing is coming to the Switch post. It was annoying because I don't really care about Animal Crossing at all. But <laughs> right, um, the actual biggest news from this event um, is Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Coming to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that seems cool. If I had ever played slash enjoyed a Final Fantasy game, I would have been excited about that. But it did seem interesting, at least. I I'm just shocked that it's happening at all. <laughs> it's I don't know. It, I don't know. To me, that feels like a really big le- a big feather in Nintendo's hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there were a, a couple of announcements that like i was like oh somebody somewhere cares about this but there were very few that i cared about um splatoon 2 like i never played splatoon but like it seems like people are gonna like that mario Mm. tennis aces like okay fine that's a weird choice but those are just getting more dlc that's those games are both out that's uh oh are they okay um yeah yeah uh, see it shows how much i care um, <laughs> Mega Man 11, that, that's kind of cool, although I downloaded the demo and wasn't super into it. Ooh, there's a demo. Um, there know. is a demo. Um, I wasn't, I, I didn't love, I don't know, maybe it's been a while since I played a Mega Man game, but I felt the controls were a little clunky. Hmm. Um, I was having trouble, like, actually hitting what I was aiming at and stuff like that. I I kind of agree with the Mega Man games that they have released. Uh, I was playing the original games on the Legacy Collection, mm-hmm. and I I mean I'm just I'm all I've always been this way about my old games. Give me a CRT and an NES controller, and then I'll be happy. Well, you're in it, luck. Yeah, I was gonna say you, can, you saw those well, NES controllers, <laughs> right? So I'm mean, half of the dream comes true, I, and I am absolutely getting them. There's no doubt about of course. that. Um, but it really another big aspect of it is just the lag on modern TVs and HD TVs nowadays. Mega Man is a game that is pixel perfect uh, in a lot of ways. So being that much late uh, when your expectation is not that, uh, can be problematic. So that's, that's what I would feel comes up, um, more often than I'm happy with. I'll just say that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't play it on the TV at all, but you're talking about the new one or the, or all of them. And all, any, I mean, any classic game put on a new console. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I played it just handheld. I didn't play it on the TV at all. And I still kind of felt that way, but I might just need a couple of extra tries. Um, 
But one thing I was excited about, not that this was a new announcement, but I it just I'm still excited about it is the new Pokemon game. Um and oh, they yeah. showed the Pikachu and Eevee. Um new Switch consoles. Yeah. With yellow and brown Joy-Cons. That I'm not gonna get. But what? It's I'm just a lot kidding. of money I'm when just... mine still works. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't pre order all the special edition things Consoles. at GameStop? <laughs> oh. Yeah, man. You're missing out. Yeah, Copy that. that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, that's a terrible idea. One thing I was, another game I was mildly interested in, um, I felt like it was very undersold. It was kind of, they, they mentioned it at a point but barely spoke about it, I feel like. Or maybe maybe Tony skipped over it because he was scrubbing a lot. But um, <laughs> was, I, I was on the scrubber. <laughs> um, was the game Town, which is also a working title. There you uh, go, yep. Um, by Game Freak, so that's a point for on their end right there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a, I mean, it's a new RPG from Game Freak. Like, I mean, those are all words I enjoy. Um, so I think I'm going to probably check that out. Yeah, the, what was it, the kind of unique aspect of this game is supposed to be that everything takes place within the same town, which I don't know if that makes me more or less interested in it, because well, they already did a, they already did tons and tons of games where it didn't take place in the same town, so let's see what they do with this, I think. Right, I, I just don't know if I read it as an interesting creative outlet mm-hmm. or a cop out. <laughs> that's that's what I'm not sure of. I, time will tell. Yeah. But Game Freak doing an RPG, yeah, I'm into it. Um speaking of RPGs, we've been playing uh one that is exclusive to the Switch actually. Which one's that? The Octopath oh, yes. Traveler. Yes, we have. I played a lot of that. I put it down recently, but um yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, I'm pulling up my notes that I took. Yeah, you you played it a lot more than I have because I only played it when I was getting on a plane, my flight was delayed, and I was like, huh, let's <laughs> just break this out while I have the time. And I enjoyed it. I think I logged, I think I got into about 15 hours. <laughs> uh, that included getting all of the characters and yeah. maybe doing one more mission than that. Um, so, so I, I have a pretty comfy grip on the game, I feel like. Yeah, I, I am past 30 hours. I don't know exactly how many, like, but in, in the 30s. I am impressed, by the way. Good job. Um, thanks. I, I, I do what I do for the fans. <laughs> for um, the fans. For the sh- for the Dan people. cares about the fans. He is dedicated <laughs> to them. <laughs> this is the work. Yeah. This is the sacrifice we make. Um, unlike unlike me, who hates the fans and hasn't even played this game, so yeah, I'll, Tony, well, I'll be over here. Tony, well, yeah, Tony, we'll I wouldn't recommend this game to you anyway. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you not recommend this game to me? That's very interesting. Now, um, because it's it's storytelling simulator with a lot of pressing A. Um, there's okay. There's a lot of A pressing, a lot of grinding. Um, not that it is at all a copy of Pokemon, but I, f- I would feel very comfortable saying if you like Pokemon, you would like this. Um, I, which, maybe, and I know you d- you are not a Pokemon fan. Maybe perhaps a a reimagination of all the worst parts of Pokemon <laughs> um, <laughs> made manifest into a game. 
I don't know if I would call them the worst parts of Pokemon. I would say it's Tony's least favorite parts of Pokemon. From my limited knowledge of Pokemon, yeah. The story moves excruciatingly slowly at times, um, to the point where, even though I was interested in the story, I was skipping over many cutscenes. Um... And it was several cutscenes one after the other, so like I would skip one and there'd be like three more cutscenes. Um, it's a lot of story. And I, feel I do like- remember I was watching you play a section of it one time a little while ago, and uh, again, I don't remember any of the characters' names, but it was setting up the story of this new main character, this, uh, this young woman who was working in a brothel, and... Yep. She had to attack the 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 guy who owned the place or something like that. And I like what what I took away from that was exactly basically exactly what you're saying. How little gameplay there was and how much exposition there was, and it was something that I I wouldn't want beyond like the first you know twenty thirty minutes of a game. Yeah. You know, like if if, if the game like <clears throat> I'm okay with the game starting with exposition, but if it just keeps continuing through and then there's just not a lot of gameplay there. Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see if the game was a lot of what I saw, then I would not be very interested in it. Right. Well, I think what you hit on is like at the beginning of the story. And I think that is, it is mostly at the beginning of stories. It's just that there are eight stories. Um, right. And I mean, honestly, it's it's almost as if they made it with one character and where it was like, this game is super boring. How can we make people want to play this? And they just added in seven more characters. Like, it, it's not... Mm. It's not... A, I, I don't think it's a great game by any means. I enjoyed it a lot because I enjoy those types of games. But I, I don't think it's as good as uh, I expected it to be. So I think the game does a very interesting job of kind of reigniting what is I think what has become an outdated formula which is this classic RPG style of cutscene of exposition grinding for experience points Mm -hmm. random encounters I mean this like this is the foundation of many popular series but I do feel like this formula has fallen out of favor with the masses, so to speak. But this is Square Enix. This Square Enix's Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is a juggernaut, so I don't blame Square Enix for not moving away from this formula. So what I think they've done successfully is really just force this classic formula. Uh, Random Encounters RPG. But they've really added new elements to it that I've never seen before. Or they've done or they've added unique elements that I have seen before, but this is the most successful version of it. Things like there's the uh I think it's called Turbo or Boost yeah. Dan, mm-hmm. where you can attack multiple Boost, times think, in a yeah. turn. And you can power up your attacks. And it's very fast and it's very easy to use. Uh, It's pretty intuitive how it works. And there's some amount of strategy to it. That makes the battles go by faster. The different characters that you get to choose from give you a lot more options. It's it's plenty of creativity uh, for building your party. And then the storytelling is different. I've not played a game or read a story that has played out like this. And... 
honestly, the if there's any reason that I'm going to finish this game, because I haven't picked up the game in a couple of weeks now, just out of disinterest, but the thing that I do want to go back for is seeing how the story evolves and finishes. I, I want to see how the different plot lines come together at the end of the game because that is something i've not seen before but everything else to me is an unsuccessful formula which is just grinding and random encounters and button mashing to get through exposition those are not these are not good things for modern gaming anymore i don't think yeah well so first off the thing with the boost also i don't know how far you get you you, how far you've gotten but there is uh, a power that each or like a, a move that each character can do that you have to have boost powered all the way up for. So that's another oh. thing that um, that that's used for. That. Yeah, and it, it's crazy powerful. I mean, like if you're using Aldric or whatever his name is, the sword, the warrior guy, um, yeah. his his powered up boost with the weapon I currently have might do like three or four thousand damage. Um, oh, with, with that okay. like ultra move, I forget what they call it, but um, I. I also really like the battle system, um, it, and like you said, there's some aspects that I've not seen before, or that they, I have seen before, but they, I thought they did really well. Like I, I do like that uh, certain characters are weak to certain weapons, and that it almost mm-hmm. always makes sense. Yeah, the like, weakness system's nice. Like that the flying, like if it's a bird or some sort of flying monster, it is weak to bow and arrow and stuff like that. Um, but that combined with the being able to vary your party makes me think of Pokemon more. Um, mm. and I feel, I do feel like Pokemon did all of this better. Um, if I could add to that really quick, the yeah. weakness system actually reminds me of Breath of the Wild in that because certain weapons are ineffective or better against enemies, mm-hmm. it forces you to use different attacks uh, attacks similarly where Breath of the Wild has your weapons break so it forces you to use different weapons. Mm-hmm. This is actually it's an it's an idea that I'm actually I, I first noticed with Breath of the Wild I'm seeing it here again and I think I like this uh, this design decision that people are making like having an element of the game that encourages you to play the game differently. Uh, like Nuzlocke runs were doing for Pokemon. Yeah, the thing with the Breath of the Wild um, forcing you to use different weapons, though, that I've I've found myself thinking because I have been moving back to playing that a bit more, is wow. that um, there's yeah, if I'm going into a battle, I'm gonna have to use some different weapons that I might want to use, but there's no incentive for me to go into a battle at all for the most part. Um, I'm talking about like random battles that might you might see like a like a random camp of enemies or something there's no there's no reason for me to go there other than maybe a chest or something but like i would really i really wish there were some sort of experience points that made me want to fight more battles but you're talking about breath of the wild specifically yes yeah i mean that's that's the interesting thing about the random encounter system uh you're not incentivized to go into battle but you don't have a choice (laughs) yeah i mean you can run um but you also get experience so even if you get into a random battle you're not always super annoyed because you're gonna maybe level up or something and that's the balance right if you start running away from enemies now you're gonna have to grind it out more later right so that so that's the balance that they have to strike with that um, but over, yeah, overall, I do agree with you. I think I think it's not a great game because it's relying on this classic style. But I do appreciate Square Enix, you know, just like 
white knuckling it really yeah. just trying their damnedest to keep this style going and one of the ways they did that is putting a lot of unique aspects into this game um a quick comment i wanted to make on the storylines of the characters now tony you had brought up the 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 dancer character i think her name's primrose yeah uh-huh that was the character who I played in the demo originally for the game many, many months ago. And it was a surprising story for what looked like an 8-bit RPG. Yes. Because they had <laughs> elements of sexual aggression, and they had murder, and they were just literally in a brothel. I was like, oh, wow, this is a very adult, adult-themed game. And I was very impressed by that, and that was one of the things that made me excited to get the game. I got the game, and I played through other plot lines, and they're just not nearly as interesting. A lot of the other plots wow, really? They're much more boring. They're much more typical. Like there's like it was the cleric's story that I think I started with the cleric, and it was just like kind of like a chosen one story. And the father's ill, and you have to make it back before the father leaves. And you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. It it really just felt so so cliche. Yeah, like I, I, I started with the warrior, and you know he was betrayed by his friend, and now he has to yeah. go on a, on a mission to he's fix gi- everything. He's, and he's given up the sword, but now he has yeah. to pick it up he's again. Li- you know, he's living alone in a small town, training the the local boys because he doesn't yeah. want to be a warrior anymore, and. It it was very unimaginative. Right. Unimaginative, I think, is a great word for it. Um, but I I, th- I think the warrior story might have been available in the original demo. I think I gave you an impression, Tony, <laughs> that this was the only story in the demo. It was, it was two or three uh, options you could choose for the original demo. I think it was Primrose and the warrior and maybe one other. Okay. Um, but I just happens to only do Primrose, and I happen to believe that that story is just far and away uh, the most interesting. If by if for no other reason than they're playing with a topic that I'm, I'm just not. I'm honestly just not comfortable seeing it in an eight bit video game. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the implications of sex between eight bit characters is very is very bizarre to me. Very bizarre. I'm not used to it. So I think the game is. Like they they hit on a lot of different marks, and I'm very happy uh, that I have gotten the chance to play it. But I just I don't I don't know if I can put up with finishing it. I want to finish it. I want to see how it ends. But I just I have no idea if I can put up with the storyline and the grinding and all that. Yeah, I I don't think I'm gonna finish it. I Ugh. it's especially because oh, as it. you <laughs> um as you um what do you call it as you get closer to the end of the game. Or not even the end of the game. I'm at like at the middle of the game. The it just becomes more and more tedious. Like the bosses are just not even difficult. Like difficult is not the right word. They're just long. Yeah. And I don't enjoy that. Like if they were if they were long and they took me a while to beat because I was having trouble beating them, fine. But when they're fairly easy to beat, they just have a, a ton of hit points. It's just mm. it's that's not fun for me. And the problem is you can just stock up on potions and magic items and like being able to stock up on items like that makes things really, um, really problematic. Uh, 
I'm going to pause for a second because I need to figure out how to... I assume the beeping is coming through my headphones because my com- I don't think sound's coming through my computer. I do want to talk very briefly about We Happy Few. Um, it's nowhere near the best game I've ever played, but it has a, it has some interesting things that I did really like about it. Um, How much time have you put into it? Uh... I don't know because unlike the Switch, it doesn't always it doesn't show you the hours right up front on the save file. Um, okay, but I would say more than ten. Um, okay, but I but I don't know for sure. I mean, that's that's a good amount of time. Um, what I do like about it is that uh, the main character is just a normal guy. Like he's not like like there's. He doesn't have any special skills, and any skills he does have are explained by the story. Um, and he's you're actually started out with a completely maxed out sp- skill tree called Arthur, which is the character's name. Um, and the the things on the skill tree are Odd Man Out, which the the uh, what that does for you is it allows you to be defensive and sarcastic. Um, the next skill is English, which makes you repressed. Um, the next <laughs> skill is Swift, which makes you run quite fast. Um, and the final skill is Unremarkable, can hide in plain sight, parentheses, like on a bench, if not in line of sight of angry people. Um, wow. so, so I thought that was, that was very entertaining and, and a funny choice. Um, That's interesting, yeah. The other really cool thing, which I would actually love to start seeing in more games, they, they had a custom difficulty setting. So, you can adjust the the difficulty like normal, like you can say I want to play on hard, but you can then adjust different aspects of the game. So you can set a base difficulty, say, to normal, but then make your survival needs uh, difficulty easy. So that would be like, the, the game is on normal difficulty, but like, survival needs like needing to eat and drink is easy, so you don't have to do that as much. And oh, then, uh, like, combat is hard, you can set that that to hard. Um, so you can customize it based on where, what what you want to happen in your game, and what you want to struggle with, and what you just don't want to think about. Um, That's cool. I feel like I should have seen that before in a game. Why have I never seen right? this before? It's a really great idea. That is interesting. Uh, I mean, as far as why you don't see it more, I feel like they found a way to make that work mechanically in this game that you can fiddle with those settings, and then the game won't be broken at any you know combination of those settings i think in a lot of other games uh the if you just tried putting that level of granular control over difficulty it would be pretty easy to break the game so i'm surprised that you're saying that you can have that level of control and you know there isn't a pretty clear way to min max it and break the game somehow well i mean i i think because the, the worst case scenario with that is that you put all of them on easy and now you're just playing on easy mode. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm saying in, in, it, it works in this game. Um, I, I can't come up with another example off the top of my head, but but I feel like if you tried to do this in other games, like, it wouldn't really work. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, well, I, I see think- what you're getting at. I, I think that there would be a... a surprising amount of games that you, that you might not think of that it would work with. I, I think it's something I would actually like to see happen more. 
um, like what I'm thinking of like No Man's Sky, say like if you're having to fight, uh, what are you fighting there? The Sentinels, right? Um, like you could put the the combat on hard, but you could put your um, amount of like i don't know survival skills like like your reaction to radiation and stuff like that on easy so you you still have a hard battle but you can spend more time out on planets yeah and you're customizing the experience to what you want it almost sounds it sounds a little bit like a debug menu even yeah yeah a little bit i would say one of my main complaints about the game though is that enemies are really stupid um like (laughs) Like, I might be spotted by an enemy, and there might be another one right down the, the block, and even though this guy is yelling, the other one doesn't hear us. Um, so, yeah, so I do wish the enemies were a little bit smarter. It's a, t- it's a tough thing to get right in a game sometimes. Yeah. Overall, like, making... like it's, a, it's a pretty good game. I did, I did wind up returning it, not because I disliked it, but just because I'm running very short on money and wanted to try other games and I wasn't so in love with it that I like needed to finish it. Right. You weren't going to keep playing it. Yeah, I really I really wanted to try Spider-Man and I was like I can't afford what 50 60 bucks right now after just having bought this other game. So I I returned it to try Spider-Man and that's that's actually a decision I'm happy with. So yeah. how much time have you put into Spider-Man? Not much. Um a couple hours. Okay. I I just got it. So I played it for the first time maybe two days ago or so um i'm really liking it though it's it's and i'm surprised because i really didn't think i was going to um because i'm not a not a big superhero game fan but the i really like the fighting uh mechanics i think i mean so far what i've seen about uh how they built new york city is insanely good there, there's a lot of like little stuff missing that, as a New Yorker, I, I see. I'm like, oh, that should be there. But, but ha- if I had like visited New York once, or like spent some time here and didn't spend every day here, I would think it was a completely perfect representation. So the problem with that is, as soon as you start looking at it in detail, mm-hmm. it seems to crumble right away, right? Because they literally skip. Uh, numbered street names. Oh yeah, like thirty, like thirty third goes right into thirty fifth street nice. or something like that, <laughs> or straight into like thirty fifth to thirty ninth, and they just have these big gaps. Yeah, I tried uh, to so find, they, I tried to find my apartment, and it, and it just wasn't there. Uh, like, yeah. like the, like I don't, I don't even think I could, I honestly couldn't even find. Um, and we'll bleep this out because I don't want people knowing where we live. But I couldn't even find <laughs> Avenue. So like, I don't even know if that's there, but. I, I went to Central Park and the block I live on, and like the subway I take wasn't there either. And so, like, there's mm-hmm. there's stuff missing. But yeah. in in the same vein, like I found the church that Tony and Maria sing at all the time because there was a mission near there, and Maria saw it and she's like, "Hey, that's the church!" Like she recognized it. Yeah. Yeah. So gonna- the thing is with these games, you're gonna get the landmarks. So like the example yep. of the church is like it it it's a major. American right. landmark and you know like the Empire State Building and stuff like that so they basically you know like we're not totally there with our mapping capacity that we can literally recreate the entire city block for block mm-hmm. but every generation there's some game that remakes New York you know and this game is like this console generation's attempt at doing that and it it is the best by far the best one yet Mm -hmm. you know um 
and then it seems every generation there's a little bit more detail that's added you know now we're just down to the point where we're you know like you're saying there are certain streets that are skipped because it's actually a little bit smaller uh but you know i compare this back to prototype for the ps3 one Mm -hmm. another game that i love that was also a a map of new york game and it was like yeah they had to do the same thing they got they got most of the land not as many as spider-man got i'm sure but they Mm -hmm. got most of the landmarks and they got the general shape and then they had to shrink it and the other thing is there are mechanical things to consider when you have a game like this if the city is too big relative to the speed that your character can travel that can sometimes you know that 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 can cause issues with certain things um you know and other huge world rpgs fix this like you know in skyrim and horizon you have fast traveling and stuff like that um i don't know if there is fast traveling in this game there's no fast traveling that at least that i've seen um there is fast oh traveling. well i'm wrong yes you you unlock it uh at a certain point and i actually i've never used it which is funny i just kind of enjoy web slinging from place to place yeah but i think you can either do it from the menu or you can walk into the subway to fast travel to another point. Oh, that's a good touch. I was I was wishing there were subways earlier, so I'm glad they did that. But you can move really fast, though. Like, I made it from Harlem to Chinatown in, like, a couple of real-world minutes. Right. And that's a sign that the game is balanced pretty well. Like, you want to have fun swinging around, but, you know, y- you don't actually want to make the trip from harlem to chinatown and have it be the actual like 40 minutes or right whatever right. whatever that it would take in real world time so you know, like that you get to a point where like where it's accurate enough and then the game's not fun anymore because uh you know living in new york is not always fun right <laughs> <laughs> uh as we all know so you know it's 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 always a balance and you know admittedly i'm talking about this and i'm kind of blowing smoke because i haven't really played the game yet but this is something that i've been thinking about a bunch in my expecting to trying out the game soon yeah and i think it's worth trying out i mean i like i said i don't like superhero games very much but this one is i'm actually having a lot of fun with so i think calling it a superhero game is i i, I want to call that almost a little disingenuous because spider-man has a unique moveset that I, I really, I've said this a lot, really just lends itself so well to a video game between being able to just as a person uh, move so quickly from point to point with the web slinging, uh, using webs as a non-lethal projectile as well, mm-hmm. and just being able to fight and take a punch in this, I don't want to call it super realistic... Uh, but there's a canon that the story follows. Like, yeah, he's a super-powered person, so I can believe that he's taking these hits and maybe even deflect a couple of bullets. Maybe not that many bullets, but the fact that I, it's still within the realm of the suspension of my disbelief as far as I've given it, I don't have to push too much farther to put Spider-Man in a video game. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's necessarily why I don't like superhero games um because i i think the same could be said for quite a few superheroes um i honestly am wondering if i would like this game as much if it wasn't set in the city 
because um, because sure. I, I find myself looking around and i'm like hey I, I know that that's washington square park or that's union square or whatever it is like hmm. so so i'm seeing things i know and i'm entertained by that um i do like some of the changes they made from previous spider-man games like some of like the way you power up your your suit and stuff like that makes yeah. a lot more sense now than it did in like the ps2 version um where i think it was i think that was that one where you had to buy it from a comic book store right um mm, it's been a while <laughs> yeah that that was it um <laughs> dan and i actually saw somebody streaming the old one recently like, like nice. the, the the day that the new one came out on twitch of course there were many comments of hey the new spider-man looks trash <laughs> yeah that's that's the niche right there yeah um they did they didn't do away with the ha- having like in the in the PS2 game they had three or four lines that NPC characters could say. Now they have like 20 or 30, but they're still repetitive. It is still right. like max 20 or 30. Yeah. <laughs> um Tony pointed out before that th- it's just a lot of unnecessary dialogue like I have to go turn off the generator and then you get a phone call saying, "Hey Spider-Man, don't forget to turn off the generator." And you beat some enemies and Spider-Man's like, "Hey, now I really have to go turn off the generator." And they just say the mission Whoa. over and over again. And that that can get a little annoying sometimes. Yeah, that I was ha- uh-huh. Well, it was just something that was immediately noticeable to me. Again, like, you know, Dan's playing the game and I'll I'll walk by, I'll just kind of duck in and out, watch for a minute here and there. And so like I really get these surface level impressions, but like that's something that rose directly to the surface level was like, you really don't need to be saying this this many times. I I think this would get annoying. (laughs) That's interesting. I didn't notice that specifically. What I did notice is the game. I feel I don't have a lot of, I feel like it doesn't make it clear how to find where to go until it tells me. Like, until it puts a waypoint down, or until it says, I have to take this out using my electric webs. Like, mm-hmm. until it tells me directly, like, I have no way of figuring out. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to find this nondescript thing on the wall and shoot a particular web at it. Like, I have no chance of figuring that out. Well, the city's in a so- grid. The, the, the streets go by numbers. You just follow them. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the thing is... Now, we we can't go an episode without talking about The Last of Us as long as I'm God here. One it. of the things that I love about The Last of Us in wait, the level design... Wait, do you like The Last of Us? <laughs> yes, I like The Last of Us. Is there another one coming out? <laughs> yes, nobody knows when, though. Uh, <laughs> is how they use color in their level design to show you where you need to go without directly hitting you over the head with yes. saying, go here, go there, having waypoints or anything like yeah. that. Like, I would appreciate... I appreciate that in a game much more when oh, yeah. you can direct the player through design as opposed to through obvious things like phone calls and, like we get in spider-man then <laughs> phone calls in spider-man so i wonder but you know as since you guys have played the game do you think that the level designers could have made different choices to make the objectives more evident through design or is it that the city is just too big and there's too much detail yeah. and there's no way that they could have done something like that yeah i think i think the second one because you know with the last of us and many other games you have even if it's a, a decent amount of space, it's typically like a level that you're working on and you, you have barriers to where you can go. Um, with this, you have the entirety of New York City and you do, like I mentioned, you move really quickly. You can also move at different levels. You can run on the street, you can swing through the air, you can climb on the building. So there's no guaranteed one route that you're going to take. 
Um, so I think it would be very, very difficult for them to point stuff out like that. I also think that's just not the goal with this game. Um, like, I think they just tried to make a game where people who had been to New York would go, hey, I recognize a thing, and people who like beating people up can beat people up. And I, I don't think it's as subtle of a game as The Last of Us is. Sure. I also feel like the game wants me to have kind of a map in my head and start to build an idea of where I'm supposed to go eventually. Uh, yeah, it's but a I've... grid. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I per- like, I've, I've probably put like 20 hours into the game already, or close to that. <laughs> And I have no idea where I'm going in the city. Like, because you you mentioned this grid as if it's supposed to help me know where to go, but everything looks the same, and the grid, like, everything looks the same in every direction, so I don't, I can't even orient myself on a compass uh, way. So, like, they have the little map in the bottom corner, which just kind of follows the direction you're looking and then puts a point on the map in a nondescript direction, and then I just start heading there. There's so a I compass really, I re- on the map. Well, I, well I, I avoid saying the word compass because it doesn't actually show north, south, no, west, or it east. Does. It, it does. It does? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so, <laughs> so I'm looking at a... Uh, while you guys are talking, I was looking at a gameplay video um, just to see a little more of what this looks like. And yeah, so the, the compass is there, but one of the thoughts I had before you brought that up was, wow, the compass is really small. Like, yeah, it's, it's not... It's not immediately obvious. It's not very noticeable. Okay. But it, but it also, is there. That, that's how I was trying to find our apartment earlier, because I found myself on Riverside Drive, and I was like, okay, need to go east. <laughs> Stop saying street names. Riverside Drive is as <laughs> west as you can go. So unless I live in New Jersey, I don't think that's giving anything away. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as the grid goes, Alex is in Queens. He doesn't know how the grid works. Uh, oh so gosh. Alex, it goes in, in number orders, like one, oh, two. Boy. Well, that's stopping. First of all, it skips numbers. Second of all, it doesn't follow perfectly. Everyone in Manhattan knows that. Y'all want to say it's a perfect grid, but it ain't. Well, Broadway the, cuts right through. makes no sense. The, the name streets don't count. Um, all that matters is the You numbers. can't just say that! <laughs> and then the, the avenues, of course, have names. You have to memorize anyway. the names of the avenues. Clearly the game has not incentivized me enough to try and orient myself and build a map because it's just giving me the right. answer. Um, yeah. I don't live in the city, so I've not had that incentive to do it. Um, but something I wanted to bring up earlier really quickly <laughs> also was you mentioned you wouldn't enjoy the game as much if it weren't in this city. Mm-hmm. Is that a make or break amount of enjoyment if it were just a nondescript general city? I think so. Um, um, really? Only because of how little I do typically enjoy superhero games. Like, it, don't get me wrong. If I liked superhero games as a rule, I would love this game. I think it's a really good superhero game. Um, That's such a weird genre. What's that? It's calling calling all superhero games superhero games. That's that seems unfair. I'm talking about things in like the Marvel or DC universes. I think they're all. But are they all the, the same? same? Yeah, pretty much. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you can give Alex, me an example, if you can give can me an name an one inventive superhero. one, yeah. Okay. So there's the Arkham series. I know is very popular, which is a bad example at the moment because it is very similar to Spider-Man. Right. Apparently, I mean, can if you can name me one superhero game where the the entire mechanic isn't 
okay, here's a mission, go do the mission. Okay, here's your next mission, go do the next mission. Uh, I mean, can you... I mean, there's, like, open-world single-player game. Like, what are we talking about here? That's well, I'm talking about superheroes anyway. Like, game, um, games with, with well-known superheroes in them. I need to think of superhero games, because the only other one that's coming up in my head is Superman 64, and that's not helpful to this conversation. <laughs> yeah, well... So anyway, so I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, get get back to us. We'll That's your homework. Um, oh, good, more homework. But um, so yeah, I think personally, I don't enjoy the game as much as I would need to to play keep playing it if it were set in like a place a place I had never been. Not necessarily saying don't live in because like if it, if it was like San Francisco, which I've been to before, I think I would still enjoy it because I would still recognize some stuff. But if it was in like France. I mean, you got the Eiffel Tower, and that's about all I know. Um, but I like I really enjoy seeing stuff I know. Like, I found the bridge in Central Park where I proposed to Sydney, and that was cool. Um, I found, like I said, Trinity, cool. uh, uh, that church that I'm not going to name. Um, and <laughs> Good name it. <laughs> I'll bleep that out. Um, <laughs> you don't need to bleep that out. It's fine. <laughs> But th- but there's a lot of cool stuff. Like y- you recognize all of all all of the major landmarks, which I do enjoy. Uh, just really quick, it looks like the kind of slew of games you can have with superheroes in them are 2D fighting games, mm-hmm. open world style, like uh, Spider Man is. Uh, you can also have much more linear games like Deadpool, mm-hmm. where you just kind of advance levels instead of having an open world mission based game. Um, and then the last one I could look at is, like, the Lego games, which I don't know what you call those. Oh, I played those. That that was good. Um. Are those stereotypical superhero games, then? Would you put that in that No, I played Lego Island. I don't... That was not a superhero game. That's not a Lego Uh, game. That that I'm talking about. It is in the title. Um. it's... (laughs) It's not a modern Lego game. (laughs) Lego Island's fantastic, but it is not modern Lego game. It's way better than that. No. One um, one thing, to go back to Tony's question about could the designers have done it differently, I, I think I'm going to do a definitive no, though, because, like I said, there's just so many ways to go throughout the city, and also it doesn't... I mean, I mean the only way you could do it differently is it was, if it was... Maybe if it said, like, find, I don't know, 100 West 42nd Street and go do a thing there, and, like, you had to figure out where that was, but that's, in, that's absurd. And... Yeah, that's a different game. Yeah. So I think just based on the sheer amount of options you have in terms of how to get through the city, it would be very difficult to do it in any way other than to just stick a waypoint on a map. Yeah, I can't ima- I can't imagine what a Spider-Man game looks like if it's not an open-world game in a city. Like, what are you even doing with your Spider-Man character then? <laughs> like, I like I can like Deadpool is a superhero that. You don't need an open world game to play as because he's his powers are different. And you if you design the game around the powers, mm-hmm. Spider Man lends itself to just being able to move quickly through a landscape with lots of obstacles because that's where his powers shine. Deadpool doesn't have the same kind of powers and benefits really for like he had a very much more uh, story-based game. Like, he had much longer cutscenes, cutscenes mm-hmm. that you could interact with, uh, which is perfect for the style of his character. Right. And then you have, like, Superman games, which are just bad because he's a boring <laughs> superhero. And right. There you go. Um, I do uh, like 
a lot of the fighting mechanics in the game, but mm. what I don't like is something that has been pretty constant in any superhero game I've ever played, which is just the crazy amount of button combinations you have available to you mm-hmm. that, like, I just can't remember them all. Yeah. Like, having to press, like, I don't know, square, square, triangle, triangle, circle to do a thing. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna yeah. do I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit square a bunch. The game's asking for you to invest time to learn how to play it, and again, I've put over 10 hours into it, and I've not put the time in, because I don't want to. Uh, and for that reason, I don't like the fighting mechanics in the game. Like, they were kind of interesting for the first battle or two or three, mm-hmm. but now I'm, I'm just completely over the fighting system now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's repetitive for me, because the game wants me to learn how to do different combos and beat up enemies differently but i don't feel like it so yeah it is repetitive that's why i'm i'm trying my best to do the bonus objectives or whatever in each battle um because it just adds a little bit uh a little bit of variety um yeah one thing i do like is the change and i'm going to reference the ps2 spider-man again because we did just watch a stream of it but um tony and i were laughing a lot at how at the car chase uh, the car chases worked in Spider-Man P- on PS2 because the way it works is you land on top of a car and then you just punch the roof until the car stops so that that was that was silly but this one you actually web web up the guys in the car and like throw them out of the car so they have to eventually stop which, uh, so that, so that mean, makes more sense it makes more sense but you just like prep time a button press spider-man webs up the guys like it's it's not actually that interesting gameplay oh no it's not interesting it's better though. yeah that, it, it's more realistic it's more realistic you know i went to wikipedia and i looked up a list of spider-man games without looking can you guess how many spider-man video games have been made 17 22 35 <laughs> damn there have been 35 Spider-Man video games. And now, I, I looked that up after you said, like, if you're not, you know, web-slinging in an open-world New York, <laughs> like, what even are you doing with your Spider-Man video game? So what are now, you doing? Apparently, there's a lot <laughs> that happens. The first Spider-Man video game was made in 1982. Wow. Whoa! Which, it was an Atari game made by Parker Brothers. Uh, and it looks amazing. I'm going to put a screenshot in the show notes. <laughs> An Atari game, yes. Yeah, it does. It does include web slinging. It does include web slinging, of course. Can you can you send us the web the um, screenshot in this in the chat? Yeah, well, I'm I'm about to put it in the show notes. That sounds incredible, man. There's that many. Mm-hmm. I wonder if any of them are just like Spider-Man Puzzle League or something like that. <laughs> Spider-Man. Puzzle. Oh, I'm sure. So, I, so I, I put the I put the link to the list in the show notes if you want to call it up and look at it. Is this a list of Spider-Man games or games with Spider-Man in it? That's a good question. Um, it's like is is Marvel v Capcom on there? I don't think so. All right, because he's in all those. Like, there's multiple Marvel vs. Capcoms, and I don't think Spider-Man's missed one of those. It's it's down lower in the article, but it is not in the timeline that I got the count from. Oh, uh, yeah, these are just Spider-Man games. Whoa. Oh, yeah, they've released a bunch, even in, like, the last ten years, I guess. 
or maybe not, or maybe 15 years. Gross. <laughs> anyway, so for example, I got home yesterday. I was kind of tired. I didn't feel very well. And I kind of sat down and I didn't really want to play Spider-Man, but I had been playing it a lot uh, recently. So I just turned on the PS4, turned on Spider-Man again, and I just wanted to web-sling around the city. Like, that is my favorite thing about this game, Mm -hmm. is just being able to kind of casually fly around, do the tricks, jump from building to building. Like, that's just a fun system. And that's the thing that I think makes a... Spider-Man game successful is is if you make the web slinging movement fun, everything else is just gravy really. Like that's the real mechanic. Kind of like, kind of like the, uh, the 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 glider in Breath of the Wild. That's how I feel about web slinging. The glider was such a good movement mechanic in Breath of the Wild. Definitely, yeah. And then everything else is just crap. Yeah, I do. I do really like the web-slinging. I find myself overshooting a lot, um, going farther than I want to, but maybe I just don't have the hang of it yet. It's it's hard to aim sometimes. Yeah, it is interesting, because the last game I played was, I think, the PS2 Spider-Man, um, where you could sort of web-sling wherever you wanted, but this game, you do have to have something for the web to attach to, which I do appreciate. Yeah. Well, I think it was the PS2 one needed that also, no? Did it, maybe it didn't, but maybe there was one where you could just swing wherever you wanted to. Yeah, yeah that was the one before that uh, that I think I played on the GameCube, and you yep. could just web-sling anywhere, which is just trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the, the web-slinging was kind of like a gif. It just kept repeating yeah. over yep, and over yep, again. Yep, 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 yep. Not nearly as interesting. So, Spider-Man, I'm probably not going to keep playing it. Um gonna go back to monopoly on my phone instead <laughs> the the far superior and enduring game <laughs> i think i will keep playing it just because it's it's it doesn't require any thought like it's 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 good for relaxing after work i think oh you know what actually i'm glad you brought up thought what do you think of the puzzles in the game uh i've only done a few i've only had access to mostly the beginner ones Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the, not a lot and of the, and the towers, um, if you want to call those puzzles, I don't know if you do, eh, but not really. Um, the uh, tall necks, I mean, that are totally not tall necks from Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, <laughs> but I thought they were okay. I mean, they they were very easy. N- none of yeah. them. There was one that I had to try something different than my first attempt. Right. But I think that was like the very last one on the pipe thing. But yeah, I mean, they're fine. I I, I think they're probably going to get harder because I know I haven't finished all of them. But I'm not not impressed by them, but I don't dislike them. They're they're unique, which is why I... There's a couple of... There's two things I like about them. One, they're a unique puzzle. It's not a puzzle I've seen before, which is always a risk because you're kind of reinventing the wheel and now you have to figure out how you're scaling difficulty Mm -hmm. for these kinds of puzzles. And they did a pretty good job on their puzzle design. Yeah. I'm like kind of impressed with it. They're not terribly hard. They don't really get... They don't get harder as much as they just take longer uh, to solve, which is a problem. Mm. But the thing that, the thing that I really appreciate about it is this game, it seems like an honest attempt, uh, from this game to not just go into the world of Spider-Man, the superhero, the butt-kicking, web-slinging guy, mm-hmm. but he's also 
intelligent. Like he's a researcher. Right. And it del it delves into that aspect of Spider Man and Rel is like, oh, I never really thought about this part of Spider Man. Like people do rely on him for his wits, his ingenuity, his experience. And this is something the game is taking advantage of. I like that. There's yeah. a duality there to the game all of a sudden. And I There's do layers. I do like his quips. He's funny, which I which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, I also, as as somebody who knows basically nothing about the Spider-Man universe, um, mm. I, I appreciate how it goes into some of his relationship with uh, uh, Octavius, whatever his name is. Otto, yep. Doc Ock. Um, Doc Ock. Like, I know he's Doc Ock, but that's about the extent of it. Like, I don't know how he goes from Peter's boss to Doc Ock. Yeah, because um, he's a normal guy, and he's a friend. Yeah, and I, I, I like that a lot, and uh, I appreciate that it's not just like, hey, here's a, here's the main bad guy you're fighting in this game, but we're actually, I guess, probably going to see some evolution in terms of character development. Yeah, the char- that's a good point. The character development is actually surprisingly not bad for a video game. I agree with that. And impressively um, not bad for a superhero video game. There we go. It's just adding layers upon layers. <laughs> Having said that, liking the game for exploring these different features of Spider-Man, what I don't like about this game is that it is relentless with its collectibles. Oh my god. So, yes. ma- oh, so man. many collectibles. And Tony, to- you're you- going to have fun with rough this Rough life. <laughs> You no, I'm, uh, I'm not the resident collectible fan here. I mean, I guess it's present company included, but no, yeah, no, it's not that I love collectibles. <laughs> it's just that you've spent thousands of hours collecting the Last of Us trophies, but not thousands. <laughs> yeah, okay, thousands. okay, only like nine hundred, hundreds, hundreds, yes, <laughs> hundreds. Um, no, there, there. We'll are, get there. I want to talk about that process. There are an obscene <laughs> amount of collectibles, like just in terms of yeah. un- first off unlocking the map with the tall neck towers and mm-hmm. um uh the backpacks and the landmarks and the i haven't even gotten to oh. i i haven't even unlocked permission to unlock all of the collectibles yet like yeah there's so many dan you don't know yet like i've played the game more than you i'm still finding new things to collect around the city yeah. Like, I don't know when it ends. I don't know how many different kinds of things to collect, but the game has taught me that there's always more. <laughs> um, one, thing I, one thing I laughed a lot at when I got this mission, just I, I was just reminded of it. Um, the, it was a side quest where somebody was hacking into something in Central Park, and I had to go and beat a, a bunch of guys and take their, their thumb drive. And when I got the thumb drive, a pigeon stole it from me. <laughs> Oh, and I had to go and chase five <laughs> pigeons across New York City. <laughs> wow, that's wow. Yeah, that that was very interesting. Uh, fun fact: one of the collectibles later in the game will be twelve pigeons. By the way, Fuck that <laughs> you're welcome. And like, if the, if the city was remotely realistic, I would just go to Times Square and catch fifty of them. But I know <laughs> that based on the game, that's going to be difficult. No, no, the guy you collect them for, he knows what his pigeons look like. He don't f*** around. Oh, yeah, well, during the pigeon quest, I was on the phone with a bird watcher, so... That, oh, that there was he helpful. is, yeah. She goes, there's, I think the pigeons hang out over that way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And those pigeons are fast! Yeah, right? Holy crap! They fly so quick! <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not the, uh crappy little overweight rats we see around the city yeah no these these rats are on steroids 
He did call them rats, though. At one, he called them like, like flying rats or something. And the bird watcher yeah. goes, "They're actually surprisingly intelligent." And then he apologized oh, for calling them rats. Oh my gosh! It's because he's from New York. That's how you know. Yep. They got the lingo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. So, not a fan of the uber amount of collectibles the game asks you for. Yeah. You know, you're talking about the pigeon stealing the thumb drive, and that reminds me of the bat from Adventure. I don't know that one. <laughs> oh, just come by and steal your stuff. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, yeah, a bunch of games do that kind of thing. You get unlucky, and then you lose things for no good reason. Well, this was like, not unlucky. This was clearly a part of the mission that, like, yeah, this this was designed. This was not chance. Story. Like the I the pigeon was waiting for me to get it, and then took it. Yeah, I, and I haven't even done that part yet. I've just been collecting this guy's random pigeons. Yeah, that that was just a side quest. It was some some oh. random thing I did. It wasn't like a collectible or anything like that. Oh, sounds terrible. Yeah. So Spider Man, six out of ten calling it i like it i'm i'm gonna go seven and a half <laughs> <laughs> you like it more than octopath yes because it's even though it is a lot of the same stuff over and over again at least like there's a lot of the same stuff like i can i can and like different variations you know like so if i get tired of collecting backpacks i can then go catch the pigeons or something like that with octopath it's just random battle after random battle and it never ends i mean i'll give you that like it 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 is better that they're at least different, and I do like that. Um, one of the plus things about the different collectibles is that when you get to them, you might have to solve a unique puzzle or do a unique thing. So that is actually, an, if you're going to do it, which you shouldn't, but if you're going to do it, that is the way to do it, make it a unique experience. But I'm just getting, like, war flashbacks from collecting moons in <laughs> Odyssey or frickin' Deku nuts in Zelda. Like, that. oh, god! Have you found all your Korok seeds yet? I'm off it! I haven't played these games <laughs> in almost a year or whatever it is. Like, I'm so off these games. Like, I, I look at the, the, the financial charts for Nintendo, like, their best-selling stuff. And there's this Odyssey at the top, Mario Kart Second, which is a game I dislike for different reasons. And it's just Odyssey, Mario Kart, and Zelda, all in the top spots. I was just like, oh, these are not. I'm so, I'm so off it. I'm completely off these games now. I have no more appreciation left for them. I I like them just just because I, I I don't know. I'm I probably will not 100% this game. Just saying, but yeah. But I like it. It gives me something to do when I don't feel like putting a lot of mental effort into what I'm doing. And that, and I get that. And that's fine. And I do think Zelda is better than Odyssey, I think. I don't even remember which one I think I like more anymore. Because <laughs> just, just to... Zelda's better. Well, just a mini rant for a second. They're both pretty equal, like, they both average out to be the same, but they do completely different things, better and worse. Like, Mario's level design is utter trash, but the control and the play of Mario is stellar. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zelda actually has, like, an interesting world to explore, in my opinion, but just has pedantic gameplay. Like, okay. utterly pedantic. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and Mario Kart's... But Alex, Breath of the Wild was Game of the Year, though. Oh, oh. How could it be, uh... wrote an article about this. (laughs) Pedantic. (laughs) 
no, I totally, I totally agree with you, Alex, uh, on everything you just said. And and I tr- and I try and I I've tried for so long trying to get into the heads of other people to try and gain some sort of appreciation for the game. What you've tried harder than <laughs> I have. I, well, one comment that I got about Breath of the Wilds that might speak to uh, the bigger uh, feature here of why I don't care about this game as much as others caring about it a lot is someone said they like Breath of the Wild more than Skyrim because when you hit something in Skyrim it doesn't feel like you're hitting it whereas when you hit something in Breath of the Wild it feels like you're hitting it I mean yeah I I, I don't disagree with that you understand that? I, I understand completely, but okay. I don't think that's even close to a to a valid reason to like Breath of the Wild more than Skyrim. I well, this is but that's the thing, right? It's how much you value this aspect of the game. Like this is not something I value because to them they don't like Skyrim for this, and to me, like now that they've pointed it out, I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, I can understand what you're saying, but I don't care it's not a problem for me mm-hmm. and if i so what i'm doing is i'm equating it to breath of the wild like if this uh visceral experience is on evil even playing uh is on an even playing field between breath of the wild and skyrim for me then skyrim's gonna just smoke breath of the wild because skyrim does everything else better right but if this is a visceral experience you're missing and you really want then zelda's gonna deliver that and it's gonna keep delivering that whereas skyrim's gonna keep disappointing on that scale again this is not something i prioritize but maybe this is how other people feel about the game like maybe a lot of other people feel about this game which is surprising to me but would speak at least speak to why it got game of the year yeah i mean i like i like breath of the wild a lot i think it's a great game i i think anybody who says it's better than skyrim is wrong um good good yeah keep doing this podcast (laughs) i i mean i i guess if i were gonna play both of them for the first time today I could see how Breath of the Wild might be a game I like more, just because Skyrim is becoming more outdated, and it's just the graphics aren't that great, and there's <sighs> stuff there that, you know, it was it's a P- PS3 game. But um, <laughs> I think if the new Elder Scrolls comes out, and I played it against any game, I, I don't know that I would find Breath of the Wild better. Oh uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that, that will be interesting to see how the next Elder Scrolls levels up on Skyrim by finally using current gen technology yeah. for Pete's sake. I mean, honestly, if they hand me Skyrim with a better game engine and better <laughs> graphics and better, like just just make it do the same game but just make the mechanics better, I'd be happy. Yeah, that'll <laughs> be my sixth copy. <laughs> yeah, but I I. I yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the thing about, like, if I was playing one for the first time because Skyrim's outdated. Like, to be fair, Breath of the Wild was outdated when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> like, every Switch game is already playing, like, a couple of levels back from Xbox and PlayStation. We know that. Well, yeah, I mean, as to be expected, though, based on the console. Yeah, but the only way they make up for that is creativity, and you can put creativity in an Atari game. Like, that's right. fine. But, yeah, uh 
I've just I've been I've been so I've been thinking about Odyssey and Zelda more and more and just trying to figure out like are people still playing this game is is it living up to everyone's expectations of the gold standard for open world games now for Pete's sake well no oh. um I don't think it's the best open world game by any means but I I do really enjoy Zelda I do really enjoy the world that it's in um I think the yeah. variety in terms of like temperatures and environments is really cool temperature was a surprisingly good mechanic surprising yeah never thought i'd say that i think there's a lot of good stuff going on in the game but i mean i don't think it stands up to the amazing stuff that's going on in skyrim right yeah i mean and to be fair like i'm being very aggressive i mean like zelda's not a bad game it's not a bad game not at all the thing that i disagree with is calling it game of the year like that's just bananas to me and saying Odyssey is at all, like, a good Mario game, like, it, it nailed the controls. Like, they really did make Mario perfect playing with Mario. Yeah. But the moons, like, the collectibles and the level design, I just, I are abhorrent to me. Well, not to change the topic, but speaking of really bad games, um, I was Please. looking, I was looking at, um new Switch games that are going to come out, and I came across uh, this game, and I, I made a noise, and I almost told Tony about it, but then I was like, no, nah, I'll save it for the show. Um, don't I put it in the show notes. Don't open the link yet, because I want to I wanna just read you something real quick. Oh, here we go. Here All we right. Go. I'm ready. So this is a new Live game. Live reactions. That's, yeah, this is a new game that's coming out for Switch, or came out three days ago, sorry. So it was released on the 13th of September, 2018, for those listening in the future. Um it, it is called Senran Kagura Reflections. Oh, no! <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as I can tell, this is Have Sex with a Teacher Simulator. What? <laughs> oh, boy. Here is, the, here is the little blurb. It says, can you feel it? The, the beating of her heart. Yeah. In a classroom after school. Learn the ways of reflexology by syncing with her heart and body. Uh, Senran Kagura combines with HD Rumble on the Nintendo Switch. What? Uh, she called you into the classroom after school. She's waiting there for you, but she might not be her usual usual self. <laughs> Delve into intimacy by massaging her hands and helping her relax. <laughs> oh God. Explore her many daydreams to see her in different lights. Get to know her as an energetic admirer, an experienced warrior, a curious classmate. And much more. Music note. (laughs) (laughs) There is a music note in the description. Um, Massage her with everything you've got, and you might restore a piece of her lost heart. Help her put all the pieces back together, and her feelings for you might just change. Um, So yeah, there's a screenshot I'm looking at, which I will also put in the show notes, where it is uh, uh, assuming the, the main love interest or whatever, where you can either... Uh, press press to squeeze, move to touch, or <laughs> press and move to caress. L is water gun mode. Um, <laughs> this looks so bad. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, <clears throat> so I've opened this link. I was immediately afraid because there was an age verification on the yep. Nintendo website. No, no, <laughs> oh, no this is right on the Nintendo Switch. Switch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I clicked through... And this is oh, gosh. so okay. So so you guys have 
stumbled across games like this on the internet, right? Like yeah. terrible flash games that like somebody threw together. Some of them have more nefarious purposes than others. Right. This, yeah. this one doesn't seem. This one seems extremely suggestive at best. It, you know. Well, there is partial but, nudity. Yeah, I mean, it is it is rated M. I, I do see that now at the bottom, uh, which which makes me concerned. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like this is this is not something new. I mean, this being on a Nintendo console is absolutely new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not very comfortable with that but you know but 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 nintendo's branching out you know they brought skyrim to their console they they brought um reflexology (laughs) reflexology they brought other great rated m works and um, actually reflexology is where it gets me like that's good that's that's where i'm happy well it's all about massage you gotta massage (laughs) i'm I'm uh, sorry right gotta massage her with everything you've got So, uh, Senron Kagura is the title of the game that, when I worked at GameStop, <laughs> is the is the title that always distracts you because it's got that distracting cover photo, and then you look at it and you realize this is a terrible game that is a cash grab of anime ladies yeah which is just and then immediately you just do the whole thing of you don't want to interact with the people that buy it or play it or invest (laughs) in it every anytime everyone tries to say a good thing about it you just assume they're making excuses for their perversion like all this stuff that's it that's all i really have to say and now it's all and then i saw and i did see that it was coming to the nintendo switch i did not see it was out um, but this is not this is not the first suggestive game to make its uh, to make its appearance on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I can't. I'm gonna. I'll see if I, I don't even know what to look for, honestly. But there was on the eShop a while back, and I'm sure it's still available, or maybe not. Maybe it was taken down. But there was this game that was available with a with a real life picture of. A lady that was relatively scandally clad, and I think it was M-rated first of all, but I think it was some sort of either it was like a dominatrix simulator or experience, and is available on the Nintendo Switch and used it and used like real uh, pictures or videos. I don't even know of some lady. And this, and it was branded very similarly. Uh, the descri- the description was badly translated from, I assume, Japanese, which made it that much more funny. Uh, but I have no idea how to find it right now. I'd have to go to my Switch and look on the eShop. Um, so I'll try and add something to the notes later. You're not thinking but, of the men of Yoshiwara, are you? Oh my god. You know what? I don't know if I could know it by its name. I'm not <laughs> sure if I can remember its name. I'll just, I'll um, put... I mean, I put, I'll put this in the show notes, but I just looked up a list of rated N- M games for the Switch, and this was one that showed up that looked uh, very similar. Oh. No, this is this is men. This I didn't realize there was an M-rated man game on the Switch. Yes, hey, you gotta uh, gotta have equal shots for both the men. Ooh, and this the looks steamy. Whoa! <laughs> All right, off Google. <laughs> <laughs> My fault going to Google Images. I should have known better. 
Whoops. Anyway. Uh, hashtag don't Google. <laughs> um, I like that how Skyrim is in this list. It is a rated uh, M, M game on the Switch. The Switch. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, that that's the branching out that I trust Nintendo to make. That's like the good kind of decision. Final Fantasy VII is a good decision. Civ V, or one of the Civs is coming to Nintendo Switch. That's the good kind of branching out. That I like. I like the, the Men of Yoshiwara. It earns its M rating from the obvious sexual content. <laughs> obvious sexual content. Oh, I hope that's man. what's listed. L.A. Noir M Ooh, game. This looks interesting. A normal switch. lost phone. What is that the name of a game? That is the name of a game. It attempts to bridge the gap between reality and fiction through a fake smartphone interface and a realistic story. Ooh, <laughs> that actually sounds kind of interesting. Hmm. I might have to check some of these out. Uh, well, you let us know how they are. Put uh, it in the show notes. Nah. Yeah, I'm not going to do any of these. Most of these look terrible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I have no intention of trying it out, in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this screenshot that I assume Tony put in the notes. <laughs> it's far too early to return to reality. Stay in my arms and in the dream. <laughs> yep. Why? Um, so the so the last... Oh gosh, I just saw the image. So the last <laughs> bit of... Uh, the last bit of uh, information from the Nintendo Direct that I wanted to touch on. There was some, uh, someone posted a screen grab from the video that I thought was a joke. And it's it has a picture of an Animal Crossing character named Isabel with the classic Smash character intro yeah, screen. That is and not it a said, joke. Isabel, Isabel turns over a new leaf. Which is a great pun on Animal Crossing, the Animal Crossing game called The New Leaf. I've appreciated that greatly. Okay, I figured that was um, a reference. I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, I watched the video on the official Nintendo website, saw that exact shot, double-checked that it was the official Nintendo website, and that is not, in fact, a joke. But the real surprising part after that is that this character isn't even a clone of the Animal Crossing character already in the game, but is actually a completely unique character with their own moveset. That was amazing to me! (laughs) So it has been announced that Isabel is one of the characters in the upcoming Smash game, Um, and then that was followed by the announcement of a new Animal Crossing game. Okay. Yep, lots lots of Animal Crossing. It's, I mean, I don't know if it's actually a good game. I was playing the original one, and I enjoyed it, but one of the things that kept me coming back was this uh, completionist mentality. That's one of the reasons I kept playing. And I think if if you are enjoying it and you want something to commit time to, it definitely does, it definitely does fill that role. Mm-hmm. But I haven't enjoyed an Animal Crossing as much as the first one uh, since then. Mm-hmm. I've tried a couple of them and just haven't captured my attention. I like this live update show notes thing we got going. Yeah, it's going well. Look at all this work happening behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I've got a lot of time to do work on this episode. We're talking about a lot of stuff that I don't yeah, care seriously. about. <laughs> uh, 
So what would you like to talk about? So let's about, talk about Tony? something I do care about. Um, so yes, what, I haven't what does played, Tony care about? I haven't played Spider-Man yet. I haven't played We Happy Few yet. I haven't played these games that we saw at E3 that have come out. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'm still playing The Last of Us. God damn it. <laughs> Since we so my quest is to 100 percent it and and I define that as getting the platinum trophy on the PlayStation Network. So since we I th- believe since we last talked, I've uh, beat it on Grounded, the story. I've also is, beat it on great. Grounded New Game Plus. So it's two Grounded playthroughs, and now I'm unfortunately into the multiplayer. The multiplayer is. An yes, unfortunate tell us about the multiplayer Last of Us. It's it's an unfortunate necessity. It's it is part of the game, and you know you have to love all your children equally. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So I haven't played. It's it's a first person shooter multiplayer thing. You know, think of Call of Duty, and you're not that far off. Now, I think it does do some interesting things that are more interesting than. What a classic of, FPS. Yeah, than what a classic FPS does. They do add some interesting mechanics to it that make the game uh somewhat more entertaining and, and more challenging, actually. Um But my last two trophies I need to obtain are finishing the the sort of campaign that's in the multiplayer. There's this whole story set up where you're you join a faction, either the Fireflies or the Hunters, and each online matches a day quote-unquote in their universe and you have to get your clan to survive through 12 weeks now this clan isn't so you know 12 times 7 that's your you know number of matches you have to do to get to the end but it's actually surprisingly hard to do because your performance in the online games uh depends uh determines whether your clan will continue or not so this isn't a clan of real people it's kind of like a point system right. i previously compared it to like your life when you're, your life points when you're playing magic like it's it's a resource and it goes up and it goes down and you 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 use it as you go through because your ultimate goal is to survive through 12 weeks yeah so yeah, it's it's been challenging, and this mostly because this isn't my favorite type of game to play. Um, it is a lot more fun when you actually play it with friends. And yesterday, I had the happenstance privilege of playing with two of my friends. So <laughs> one of them was not Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Only because my brand new PS4 is not set up yet because Tony hasn't moved out yet. So as soon as that happens, we can definitely play together. I yeah, also did purchase a copy of The Last of Us in preparation. Very good, very good. I mean, you also need a new headset, too. I was. Um, this was also a great opportunity for me to try out uh, a new headset that um, I got the day before. 10 out of 10, would recommend. It's very, very Ooh. good. Um, I will find it for the show notes, but it's a... It's a Sennheiser gaming headset. Okay. And, yeah. yeah w- once I have some more money, because, like, I just had to spend an obscene amount of money to move to a new apartment, or at least in the process of signing a lease and hiring movers and all that, um, I will hopefully get on my back on my feet pretty soon and have some money for a new headset. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in the show note. It's the Sennheiser... 
05, 06, 08, 0, Game 1, Gaming Headset Black. You got that? Wait, which one was it? The <laughs> Sennheiser 506080 oh, Game 1, all caps, Gaming Headset Black. That number again is 555. All now. So, uh, it's it's in the show notes. Um, it's my first experience with an open back pair of headphones. I'd heard a lot about them and the relative benefits of them. Uh, I ended up, and some of the drawbacks, but I ended up liking them quite a lot. You know, I can say from my personal experience that I wore them for several hours. They never got uncomfortable. They're extremely comfortable. The sound, uh, the sound stage was wide, and it sounded really good. Um, yeah, I just, I really don't see any drawbacks with these. So, cool. if you're looking for a gaming headset, you know, because you're playing those online games. So, I mean, so Alex, you played the multiplayer of this thing for the first time the other day yes what, what were some of your Tony. thoughts on it so i don't play a lot of online multiplayer um i've dabbled in a couple of games here and there uh but like the destiny 2s and the call of duties of the world and grand theft autos even i've just i've not been a this is not my style um but i have i have played like call of duty advanced tour i have played counter-strike a little bit uh, Team Fortress 2, like a little bit. I jumped into it, and it's not that I dislike it. It's just that I'm always the worst at it because <laughs> people have been playing these games for uh, sometimes years when I jump in for the first time, and my the number zero next to my name was... Uh, it was very threatening sitting uh, sitting next to people in the in the... What's it called? The matchmaking room on Last of Us? sitting next to people whose numbers were, like, 897, while mine was zero. Like, it's very uh, terrifying and discouraging. Yep. <laughs> but I do I do really like the, just the gameplay of Last of Us in general. Uh, it's a very it's very easy to use and learn. Like, I haven't, play, I haven't picked up Last of Us in maybe a year, and I felt like I jumped right in pretty comfortable. Like, I felt pretty comfortable in it, which, is, which was good. Uh, people were clearly better than I was, which I expected, so that was fine. And as far as multiplayers go, yeah, it was reasonable. It wasn't so fast-paced that I felt like I didn't even have a chance to think, but it wasn't so slow that I got bored. Um, yeah. And I bring that up because a good point. This, those are experiences that I've had where sometimes the game just ends and you got sniped and you don't even know where or how or why, and you only got to play for, like, two minutes. Uh, that's not a good experience for a new player. Uh, but the slow experience, I find that with a game like Fortnite or Player Unknown, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, these games can take so long of nothing happening. Uh, they're an interesting experience. I've tried them both out, and I do think uh, I think it is successful. But to get good at the game is so difficult, and you have to sit through a lot of waiting in these games just to get to the end because the matches do take a while and the action is very close together uh so there's a lot of time where nothing's happening so to get good at the game takes a time a time commitment that i'm not interested in uh but the last of us the games were fun uh i even won we we won one i think that was exciting that's always a great way <laughs> we to did win one yeah yeah we won one that was awesome but uh, I, I did enjoy it overall. It's again, it's just not something that I'm going to keep playing. 
Yeah. But this was this was a good this was a good multiplayer. Especially yeah. especially for a game I don't consider a multiplayer game. Like if The Last of Us didn't have a multiplayer option, I wouldn't have noticed. I wouldn't have cared. Like it's just a it's a single player game and it does that very well. This is pure gravy on top of that, so it's pure upside. Doesn't get it get in its own way. I like it. It was very good. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up PUBG and Fortnite because I've I played a little bit of both of them too, and I think they actually those two games uh, combine the two worst things that you just brought up in that there's really it's really slow you're waiting for something to happen you're looking for you have to look really hard to find people and then yeah. when you find people it's over in two and seconds. a half seconds yeah so just, it's like it's so fast like it's so fast and you don't even know what happened like after all that build up and trying to you know so like i found them very unsatisfying to play um but <clears throat> yeah like that's i mean that's the battle royale format that's a you know that's just recently rising popularity. Yep. Well, the Last of Us faction. Sorry, before you go back to The Last of Us for a second, talking about Fortnite and things being over real quick, I saw this headline I wanted to share. <laughs> Have you heard that Fortnite has now been cited in more than 200 divorce uh, papers? Oh my god. As the reason for couples breaking up? Fortnite? Fortnite. <laughs> I didn't realize adults played that game. Jeez. Yeah, well, apparently not. Wow. Is there... Or apparently too much because they're just playing it and getting a divorce. <laughs> Hilarious! Wow, yeah, that's wow, that's too much. Oh, people make me sad sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> so, the, sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, this I, I, I'm, I'm growing to love this, uh, this multiplayer in, uh, in The Last of Us, and it, it does some interesting things. There's a lot of complexity in how you build your characters. I think the I think the character building works uh, well. I've heard a lot of people complain about it. I've heard a lot of people complain that like there are certain weapons or abilities that are really unbalanced. But um, you know, for the sheer number of things they included, there's a huge number of customization options. Uh, yeah. I think that I, I I think that they did a pretty good job with um, with balancing it. And. You know, there's the crafting system that's in the single player. That's also in the multiplayer. Um, that ends up being really useful and adds a different kind of dimension to the game. There's the super hearing, and there's the ways you can subvert the super hearing, mm-hmm. um, and the different game modes. You know, it only has three game modes, and I'm glad that it only has three game modes because I think the ones they designed uh, they're good choices. One is the basic like run around, kill the other team super straightforward another is you run around and kill the other team but nobody respawns so it's a few rounds because they're really short and everyone only Mm -hmm. gets one life to live so that's an interesting way to raise the stakes on the first mode and the third mode interrogation there's a little more of a uh of a complex uh, game mechanic it's not complex but you have to go through and interrogate members of the opposing team and once you get five of them you can locate a lockbox which you then have to go unlock so yeah. like it kind of moves through stages as you're going through with your team which that's my favorite mode to play because i think it just um the different stages make it more interesting than um than just the it other changes modes the way you strategize yeah and then most importantly and this is the reason why i haven't been able to finish this campaign yet is it's not just time it's not just like you have to finish that many battles there are uh event special events that will happen to your clan at random points so you know there's a malaria outbreak and you have to 
meet a certain goal and you choose what goal you want to meet but if you meet your goal depending on how well you do it you can acquire more medicine to heal your clan or sometimes the opposite faction attacks you and then you have to improve the training of your clan by meeting certain objectives and everyone's in a, and it's a risk of your population so it'll be it'll risk like you know 20% 40% of your population but at least once per campaign every time you play the campaign there is at least one challenge that risks a hundred percent of your population. So you choose a goal you have to meet, whether it's like getting a certain number of kills or using a particular weapon or reviving teammates a certain number of times. But if you don't meet that goal within three matches, you lose a hundred percent of your clan and you have to start the campaign over. It's extremely high stakes, especially because in an online game, there's a lot that you don't have control over. You don't have a lot of control over what maps you choose. You don't have any control over the people you play with. It's, you know, it it ends up being very challenging. So, you know, just getting started on this and, you know, not being into very, not being very into online games myself. This is like the third campaign I'm starting because I I lost a couple of times and had to start over. So these last couple trophies, they're going to mm-hmm. be, they're going to be really hard to get as it turns out. Not there's that, na- not that grounded na- wasn't hard, but <laughs> right, right. There's a name for this style of game where you're just kind of managing the resources of your town, but you're not interacting directly with it. Um, I don't know what the name is, but that, uh, that is an interesting element to add to your, shooting like your multiplayer shooter game that's an interesting element to add and i do like that yeah yeah i think it's one of the better online multiplayer games i've seen um because i i'd say that's maybe my least favorite genre of game um and i still don't necessarily love this game like it's not like one i would play by myself but i think of the online multiplayers I've seen, it's definitely the best because at least like they try and have a story and they, yeah. they just add interesting stuff like that. It's your least favorite genre of game, Dan. Yep. There are sports games. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> you could, a lot of them. You could sit in front of your PlayStation and play baseball. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm counting Wii Tennis as a sports game, which I do like, so at least there's okay, one okay. game in sports that I enjoy. <laughs> There you go. That's a so god. <laughs> uh, is we sports a sports, is Wii sports game? A sports game? Yes. yes, yes, sure. What does EA have a monopoly on sports games? No, but now we need to. Now I feel like we need subcategories of sports games because when you say sports game, you're gonna think of something that Wii Sports isn't really. I am talking about games in which a sport is being played, so stuff like Wii yeah, Tennis that's... and Mario Tennis, and <laughs> yeah, that's not what I mean when I no, say I, sports. No, I know games. exactly <laughs> what you mean, and you're right. You're that's right. a broad definition. Those are so so bad in my opinion that I forgot they even existed. Um, <sighs> So yeah, I guess of of games that I would actually be amenable to playing, oh, uh, online shooters and stuff like that are are my least favorite types. Yeah, sure. So I can't wait to see you on the <laughs> PlayStation well, Network so as we yeah, work I through think this. I, I think I will because I think it's different. As you said, it's different if you are playing with people that you know. Like, I would not go and find a random game and play. But if I had 
even like even if it was just like you and I playing, I think I would enjoy that more. Or especially if it was like four people playing or five, right? And yeah. like a, like a regular team maybe that like met up and played like that. That I could enjoy doing because yeah. honestly, that that I don't view that as any different than like going out and meeting friends for a beer and and talking. You, you except maybe there's like a little bit more of an objective, but it's still just socializing with friends. Yeah. Yeah, remote He's socializing with friends a game. Yes. There's yes. an objective, there, there is an obstacle. There are winners and losers. 